So uh, today, we're talking about vital Christianity. So I wanted to start off with a slide, if the slide guy is ready, and if our projectors will show it. Oh, yeah, okay, great. Well, it's, yeah, um, projectors are a little bit dim, but that's okay. Uh, which kind of Christianity do you want in the new year? Which kind of Christianity do you want in the new year? Uh, one of those pieces of wood is strong and huge and useful, okay? And the world, and uh, you'd pay money for it at the hardware store. It's a four by four. You can build things out of it, chop it up, uh, do all sorts of stuff, okay? One of those seems weak, small, uh, fragile, and the Arbor Day gives them away for free. Okay, they're yearlings, saplings, little tiny, little tiny things that you plant in the ground. Which one do you want to be as the new year comes around? Uh, it's a bit of a trick question. Okay, which one do you want to be? Uh, you want to be the small, weak one. Why? Because it's a lie. Because it's a lie. Right? You put it in the ground, and what's going to happen? You know, unless you're like a gardener like me, in which case it's going to die. But uh, most of you, you put it in the ground, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. It's going to bear fruit. It's going to have leaves. It's going to get big and tall. What's that 4 by 4 going to do in Tehachapi? It's going to rot. <laughs> right? You're going to paint it as many times as you can, but eventually... Right? It's going to rot. Um, vital Christianity. The word vital means alive. The word vital, first and foremost, means alive. It means essential, absolutely necessary, important. Important. Where do we most often hear the word vital lately or in our common day usage? Vital, vital organs and vital signs. Vital organs and vital signs. Okay, you're thinking pulse. Uh, oxygen levels, brain waves, blood pressure. These things are not to be ignored, right? Some of you try. Some of you men, you go, I don't care. I don't care. I'm not going in. You can't make me. All right? Um, vital signs are not to be ignored. Uh, so we're going to have an ABF, and I want you to be there. We want to talk about, uh, we're going to start off talking about belief, beliefs, Christian beliefs, Okay? And I want to tell you, uh, that's what vital Christianity is made up of, okay? Uh, you, you have to be alive first. There's plenty of people in churches that come to church all the time, right? Or your parents bring you, or uh, you've been coming since you were born in a pew, and now you're 75, whatever. Like, it just, uh, you've been coming, but, but vital, alive, right? Christianity has to be alive. So that's what we want to talk about this morning is what makes what makes for vital Christianity. But first I want to pray because without the Lord, you can't do anything, right? So let's pray and we'll ask the Lord's blessing on our time. God, we need you. I need you. God, I am weak. Um, I'm a weak man. Uh, I can't do this uh, by myself or without you. Um, God, please speak through your word. Teach us, Lord. God, show us beautiful things about our Savior. Um, encourage us. And Lord, for any here that don't know you, I pray that this would be a day that they would turn to you. 
God, we love you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it's a privilege to be here with you, so I don't want to take it lightly. Um, I've got, got a bunch of verses, and so they're going to come up here. Again, the projector is kind of dim, but I'll read them as well. Um, so the first point, what makes vital Christianity? Let's just say this. Let's just start about this. Jesus is offering life. Okay? He's the only one that has it. Some of you go, no, I'm alive right now. No, not unless you have Jesus, right? This is the thing that made Jesus weird. Kids, do you get this? People thought that Jesus was weird. Why? Because he came to people that had pulse and blood pressure, brain waves, and all that stuff, and he said, I'm offering you life. And they looked at him and said, wait a second. What are you saying about me? What was he saying about them? He was saying that they were dead spiritually. Okay? And so this is John 1, 4. So John, from the very start of his gospel, says, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. Right? This is the start of John's gospel. In fact, it's a theme that runs all throughout John's gospel, is that Jesus has life. So Jesus had life in himself. We don't have that. Okay? If you, if you're, if you, you know, modern day, just look within. Just look within yourself. You'll find it. No, you'll keep looking, right? You'll keep looking and looking and looking. Uh, we don't have it in ourselves. Jesus has it in himself. The next slide, uh, Matthew seven fourteen, is a classic verse. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. This is what Jesus was telling people. What is he offering? He says, life, I'm offering you life. But the way is hard, narrow. The next one, John five thirty nine. This he said to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. Uh, we, what, what is the purpose of the church? Why do we gather here? Right? It should be, a, it's a gathering of the alive and the ones that we want to bring, and the ones that Jesus is bringing to life. And the apostles recognize this, Acts eleven eighteen. This is Peter. He's recognizing that Gentiles have come to faith. For a Jewish guy, it was kind of like, shocker. Whoa, wait a second, God. Could this be true? And he says this, then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. Okay, the apostles knew that this is what they were offering. Paul, Romans 5, therefore... As one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life. Okay, in Adam all sin, in Christ all can be made alive, right? All are made alive in a sense, are offered. And John said the same thing, 1 John 5, 12. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. That's one of the clearest verses in the Bible for me. Like it just clarifies it. Right, Our world doesn't like this. Nobody wants to say this that much. But I want to tell you, as believers in Jesus, in the Scriptures, all throughout, this is what Jesus is offering, is life. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. Okay? And so my challenge this morning, uh, do you have life? That's the start of vital Christianity, okay? 
I'm a youth pastor. I can preach about morality all day long, okay? I can say things that are good for you, bad for you, worldliness, all this stuff, right? And it's good. We got it. We have to know those things too. And we're going to talk about that in the ABF. I want that to be a place where we sharpen each other, where we challenge each other, where, where we say, hey, what's going on in our lives? Are we living for Christ? But what I don't want it to be is us painting a four by four. Right? You guys get what I'm saying? That's not our job here in church, just to paint each other and say, oh, looking good. Dead on the inside, but looking good. You guys get that? that we, Christianity can turn into that. Dead on the inside, painting each other on the outside. Oh, you got it. Missed a spot. You better scrape it some more. Right? Put some caulking on there. Make it look better. Oh, I better go to Home Depot, buy a whole new sheet this time. Right? Some of you know what I'm talking about. How do we get life? Point number two. So the first point is that Jesus has life. That's what he's offering. Okay? Jesus is offering us vitality, life. Second point. This life is based on trust in Jesus, his words and his works. Okay, point number two. This life is based on trust in Jesus, his words and his works. Okay, John 1, 4 again. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, the true light, skipping down to verse 9, which enlightens everyone that was coming into the world. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave right to become children of God. Receive, believe. Now, what, all we want to see here, what is the vocabulary the New Testament uses to talk about us coming to Christ? Okay. Receive, believe. Okay. Look at John 5, 39. Again, you search the scriptures, but it says, yet you refuse to come to me. Okay, it wasn't about that they had knowledge of the book. Okay, some of the Pharisees could have quoted passages from the Old Testament longer than you can imagine. Okay, and they understood it, but they didn't come to Jesus. Mark 4.20, but those who were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit. Okay, that's the parable of the soils. Remember, Jesus talks about the seeds. He's spreading the seeds out, and one falls on the road. Animals or the birds of the air come and snatch it away, right? One falls in the rocks, has no roots. When the sun comes, the trials come, gone. Okay, one falls in weeds, and it starts to grow, but gets choked up. It's gone. This is the only one that stays alive. I just want to tell you the point of the thing, right? This is the only one that stays alive. And praise God, right? Did you make the soil good? I'm glad you used a better gardener than me. Can't keep nothing alive. But Jesus says, falls in good soil. The Lord causes it to grow and bear fruit. 1 Corinthians 15.3. Man, that's really tiny. 1 Corinthians 15.3. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared, and He goes on to list you know, the hundreds of people that Jesus appeared to. First importance. 
That's the vital signs, right? You go into the ER, what are they looking for? If your nails are good, are they checking out your fingers? No, they're saying, is the person breathing? Right? Do they have a pulse? Uh, right? They're saying, this is the first thing. And so Paul says, when I came to you, the first thing I said was, you'd better stop sinning. Is that what he said? First thing when I came to you, I said, you'd better go to church. Is that what he said? First thing I came to you, you'd better be conservative. Oh, step on some toes. Sorry. Right? That's why I love this church. <laughs> uh, we can laugh at ourselves a little bit, I hope. Those aren't the first things Paul said. I'm sure they were sinning. I'm sure they weren't just, they weren't even not going to a Christian service. I'm sure they were probably going to pagan services. And yet Paul says, I passed along to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He wanted them to know that Jesus was offering life and that that's what they needed to know and believe and trust in. Look how Christ put it himself, John 15. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. The branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. This is an illustration of a vine, right? Vine and branches. How is the vine going to survive? Or how is the branch going to survive? stays attached to the vine. You guys see the vineyards out there, right? Think the vine. You know that big thing they train up? Right? They train up to come like this. This is the vine. Okay? Branches go out from there. Okay? And Jesus is saying the way those branches work is they have to be attached to a vine. Right? I could go put uh what do they call that? A garland out there? Right? I could go take some branches from my house and wrap them around those things. No grapes. Right? It's not going to happen. You have to remain in Jesus. Uh, so we're talking about trust here. Pastor Mike, who left us. Oh, man. Mad at that guy. No, I'm just um, he's in Kentucky. They made it safe, by the way. We got the news. They're moving in, excited, and all that stuff. But uh, he would always say, uh, I can't. God can. So I'll trust him. I can't, God can, so I'll trust him. This is the nature of having life in Christ, is that you would trust, you would trust him. Right? The words receive, come to him, believe, abide. These are not words of doing. These are not words of earning. These are not words of, oh, I'd better ship shape, uh, hop to. Uh, these are not, there's a performance check at the end. It's just be with Jesus. Trust him. Believe what he says. What are you abiding in? Right? What do you trust? Some of you say, I only trust myself. You don't say that out loud, of course. Right? What, what do you trust? Um, Fox News? Oh, nobody laughed. Darn it. Right? Uh, Facebook? Man, I hope not. Uh, your own gut? Oh, I just trust my gut. 
doesn't sound like trusting Jesus. <laughs> right? I only trust what I can explain. Well, there goes quantum physics. Right? Not just that, but there goes the supernatural. I only trust what I can explain. I only trust what I can see. Well, again, um, are you alive? Do you believe and trust in Jesus? Third point. This trust always involves a turn. Always involves a turn. Trust and turn. I wanted to put those two keys together, right? Trust and turn. This is something that gets confusing for believers sometimes. Why in the New Testament does the term repentance and the term belief, why are they used interchangeably? Right? You guys know, so repentance means to turn. It means I was going this way and now I'm going this way. Not so much even going, but it's that I was thinking, okay? I had my bet placed over here and then I put it over here. Uh, something like that. The, the, this is where I had my money and I put it over here. The, this, a, there's a change that happens. I think I'm joking? Luke 24. Then he opened their minds to the, understand the scriptures and said to them, thus it is written that the Christ, This, by the way, this is fascinating. This is Jesus explaining himself. You guys remember the story? So he's walking along. You guys, kids, have you ever heard this? He's walking along the road, okay? And there's people that don't understand. And he opens their minds and their eyes. And he's talking to his, this whole end of the book of Luke is him talking to his own disciples about who he is. And it says, Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance and forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Okay, Acts 11.18. What did God grant to the Gentiles? Then to the Gentiles also God has granted belief. God has granted repentance. And you can do this all throughout the Bible. Places where you would expect to find believe, sometimes you find repent. And places where you would expect to find repent, sometimes you find believe. And you go, wait a second. And here's the key. Repentance is turning away from what you used to trust in. Okay? It's two sides of the same coin. Um, in Thessalonians, people turn from the living God, turn from idols to the living God. In the book of Acts, over and over again, it says that people turned to the Lord. And all the people in this region turned to the Lord. And these people turned to the Lord. And Paul, go out and preach to the Gentiles so that they would turn to the Lord. Paul says in Galatians, they were tempted to turn back away from the Lord. So trust and turning are two sides of the same coin. Right? Look at Mark 1.14. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Okay, I want you all to know Repentance and faith are two sides of the same coin. Okay? Repentance and faith are two... Kids, you know what a coin is, right? On one side, what does it have? Usually some dead guy's face. Okay? On the other side, some building or some whatever, right? Some fancy thing. Bald eagle. That's the word I'm looking for. Um, so... 
believers in this room, have you ever turned? Uh, some of you, I want to say this, nobody was born a Christian. Nobody's born a Christian. Why? How do we know that? Well, because Jesus said you must be born again. Right? John 3, no one's born a Christian. You must be born again. Um, one of my favorite times as youth pastors, I was driving in my car, my old, old, like this is a beater car. Every, yeah, every time I stopped at a stop sign, I had to put it in neutral and feather the gas so that it wouldn't stall. So one of these times I'm in neutral feathering the gas, and there's a kid back here, we're talking about things. And I said that, no one's born a believer. No one's born a Christian. And the kid turned white. Right? He's, he was 13 years old, and he just like went pale, kind of. You know why? Because he, he thought he had been born a Christian. If I would have asked him, why are you a Christian? Well, I've always gone to church. Well, my parents are Christians. No one's born a Christian. Okay, now that sometimes some of you that grew up in the church is a little confusing, huh? Because you don't have like this one moment where you're like, that was it. Okay, that's okay. I'm not talking about that. What I'm talking about is there's a turn involved. There's a point where you need to go from trusting in yourself, right, your good works, your, your religious ideas, your philosophies, your whatever, your good life, and where you need to trust in Jesus. You can't do both. You cannot say, I'm going to heaven because I lived a good life, and I'm going to heaven because of Jesus. Those aren't the same thing. Okay, and so my point this morning was to make clear, next week we're going to talk a lot more practicalities and vital Christianity, because the word vital also, also has the definition to flourish. Right? And no offense, but we don't want little sticks in the ground, right? We want to be trees. We want to bear fruit. We want to do things for the Lord. We want to go out and reach people. We want to have our lives changed, have other people's lives changed. We want to see our church packed five times over. We want to see... Uh, the whole high school comes to the Lord. We want to see, like, we want to see the Lord work, right? So I understand. I want. We're going to talk about vitality, vitality next week. But this week, are you alive? Are you alive? So Jesus is offering life. That life is based on trust, and that trust always involves a turn. Okay, the trust always involves a turn. So some applications. Oh, sorry, skip that one. Skip, skip. There we go. All right, some applications. Humility. What does all this lead us to? Humility, right? Because if I don't have life, what do I have to boast about? Right? It says in 1 Corinthians, not many of you were all that great when Jesus called you. Some of you go, wait a second. I was a really good four by four. I've been painted a lot. I was holding up a ton of weight. You guys get it? So that's the illustration. I know that's what it looked like to the world. No, I was big. I was strong. I, I, I looked wonderful, beautiful, beautiful home, beautiful family, beautiful everything, but dead. Jesus has life. I need to humble myself and say, it doesn't matter how good that dead wood looked. I need to come to him. 
Uh, so, life is only from Jesus, true spiritual life. Second point of application would be, I have to learn in order to trust. I have to be right, I have to, I have to learn in order to trust. This is where I want to challenge us in the ABF as well. Um, we want you to grow. We want you to grow. Uh, I want you to learn more so you can trust more, so you can put into practice that trust more. Some of us stall out. Like we, we become a Christian, and it's like, I got a certain level. I'm good. I'm good. Um, we want you to, we, I have to learn, right? I have to be inputting more about Jesus so I can love him more, trust him more, follow him more. Okay? Third point, I need to be willing to turn in order to learn. Right? Are you even willing to turn? If I came to you and said, what if the way you're parenting isn't how Jesus would want you to? Ouch. Toes, right? Toes. What if the way we're doing something in church isn't what Jesus wanted us to? Would we be willing to turn? What if you all came to us as a pastor and said, this isn't what Jesus wants us to do? Would we turn? Uh, Are we even willing or are we all set in our ways? The problem with set in our ways is it's a lot more like the four by four than it is the tree, right? Um, tree gets pruned, the vine gets pruned. So, in conclusion, I want to talk about my pergola. How many of you guys know what a pergola is? Right? It's this little fancy thing they put on the back of, so it's like it's wood. And you put posts up, you put it on your back porch, you put pieces of wood across, provide some shade, not a lot of shade, provide some covering, but not, I don't really get it, right? Like, I'm like, why not just put a porch? Like, I'm not sure, but a pergola, okay? So at my house, we have a pergola, and it's falling apart, okay? We're in the process of tearing it down because it's been left unpainted for too long, and the wood is gone, okay? And... The thing is, though, I had my house painted about three years ago, and I told them not to worry about the pergola because I knew it was too far gone. But they tried. Right? They tried. Man, they layered paint on that thing. Just layered, just like, layered it. And just, and the first winter, what do you think? It's peeling, cracking, gross. Right? I'm worried it's going to fall into the snow. All the snow we've had this year so far, you know. Um, although I heard in Pennsylvania, 70 inches. Ooh, uh, glad not to live there. Um, I could just keep painting it. Right? You could just, I could just scrape it, scrape it, scrape it, paint it, paint it, paint it. Every winter, I could put a new coat of paint on it. Still be dead, right? And the inside, it would still be rotting. Um, this is a bold thing to say, but some of you in here, you're not alive. Um, maybe that's true of you. Maybe you've never turned. Maybe, maybe you don't trust Jesus. Maybe you trust coming to church, or you trust knowing some things. And I want to challenge you. Uh, 
especially, I didn't even know this, but we're having a baptism in two weeks. You know why baptism was important? Because it was the first sign of turning. It wasn't anything, it was just like, okay, I've turned, now what do I do? Be baptized. Be baptized. Some of you have never been baptized, so if you've turned, be baptized. And you go, I'm too, I'm too, or whatever. We don't care. We don't care if you're old, if you're young, if you've turned to Jesus. You're alive. Show, show people. Right? Show people. And I know that's scary because some of you are like, I would rather die than go up in front of people. We'll help you. We'll help you. We're not going to leave you to sink. Right? Some of you get in the water, you're just like, <laughs> can I stay behind? Can I just stay under here? <laughs> uh, just hold me under, Pastor. Um, are you alive? Jesus is offering life. And so I don't want to teach an ABF where we're just painting dead wood. Right? I want to teach an ABF. I want us to be a church where there's life. Where there's life. From the youngest to the oldest. Um, and if you've never turned, I would love to talk to you. My freshman year, turned to Christ after having pretended to be a Christian for middle school. Didn't go very well. <laughs> right? um, I'd love to talk to you about really coming to Christ and turning away from your away from the things you're trusting, away from your sins to Christ. Um, so come back next week if I haven't scared you away. Um, and we'll talk about vitality, okay? Let me pray for us. We'll be done. God, thank you so much for this church. God, I know many are alive. God, you've been working here. And we thank you, God, because we don't have it in ourselves. As pastors, we cannot make people alive. Coming to this church, walking through those doors doesn't make anybody alive. Um, God, we don't have it, but you do. You do. And we thank you, God, for bringing people from death to life, for opening eyes. We thank you for being trustworthy. We thank you that you fulfill your promises, that there is a reason to put our trust in you, that you conquered the grave, that you spilled your blood for us. And so, God, give us vitality. Um, may we be a church full of live people, growing, flourishing, live people. Um, God, we love you. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for the patience of this church, Lord, just for strength to preach your word. We love you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming this morning. You are dismissed.